This episode of the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast was recorded on March 22nd, 2019 during the WSU Plant Science Symposium. The theme of the symposium was Foundations for the Future, Embracing New Agricultural Technologies. As part of the program, five innovative researchers from across the U.S. and the world agreed to speak about their research. All five researchers also agreed to sit down with me for a few minutes to explain their work and how it may relate to wheat growers in eastern Washington. Welcome to the first episode of our special series from the 2019 WSU Plant Science Symposium. My guest today is Dr. Arhelia Lawrence. Arhelia is the James and Wanda Lee Vaughn Endowed Professor at Arkansas State University. The most significant contribution Dr. Lawrence has made to plant sciences has been the discovery of a novel biosynthetic pathway for vitamin C. Her laboratory uses Arabidopsis to better understand the role of various subcellular pools of vitamin C in plant physiology. In addition to Arabidopsis, her current models of study include rice, soybean, and maize. She is co-principal investigator of the Wheat and Rice Center for Heat Resilience which is an NSF-funded project focused on finding novel genes involved in conferring rice and wheat tolerance to high night temperatures. One of the key factors that limits the yields of these two most important crops in the world for food security. Hello, Arhelia. Hello, Drew. So, what is the Wheat and Rice Center for Heat Resilience? What does it do? Well, we are a project funded by the National Science Foundation, in particular by the EPSCoR Track 2 program. And in this program, the rules of the game are you need to partner with other universities in the United States that are in, a, in what is called an EPSCoR state. EPSCoR states are the ones that, comparatively speaking, get less funding than others. Let's say the bottom half of okay. the U.S. states. So Nebraska is part of that group. Kansas is as well. And Arkansas is. So this project is a partnership between the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, Kansas State University, Arkansas State University, and Virginia Tech. Okay. And together we are working on uh, finding novel ways uh, novel mechanisms, novel genes to confer rice and wheat tolerance to high night temperature stress. Why this stress? Is because this is the stress that is affecting both the yield, that's quantity, and quality of rice and wheat. Okay, and nighttime heat versus just heat in general, daytime heat. Yes, so there have been previous studies. Uh, you know, in science, we always build in someone else's work, right? I mean, mm -hmm. we stand in the, basically in the shoulders of giants. Right. So previous studies have shown that if you stress either rice or wheat during the day versus if you stress them with heat during the night, the one that causes the most penalty is the night temperature. In, uh, in rice, there are these fabulous statistics. For every one degree Celsius increase in average night temperature, there is a 10% penalty in yield. Imagine that. So the, clim the current climate change scenarios predict a 3.7 increase yes. 
in Celsius. Right. In my, so that is 40% penalty in yield. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong about this, but I think one of the things also predicted is that it'll be maybe not your daytime temperatures getting that much hotter, but that your nighttime temperatures won't get yeah. as low as they yes. normally do. So yes. that's even a bigger uh, yes. challenge if it's this, this nighttime heat that's causing Absolutely. these problems. Absolutely. Okay. So... Uh, in this project, we want to get ahead of the curve. And before those changes happen, we want to identify already what natural variants in both rice and wheat have this tolerance, right? And for that, we are exploring what is called diversity panels. They are is a collection, basically, of different cultivars uh, that come from all over uh different, at least the one in rice, many, many different regions of the world. Because we're trying to, rice is divided in five major subgroups. Okay. So in this panel that we're using, we have representatives of all five sources. Okay. And for the wheat part of the project, we are exploring winter wheat, which is what is grown in Kansas mostly, right? Because right. again, this is a partnership with that state, which yeah. is the main wheat producer in the U.S. Yeah. So the, I, I guess it's important to say the reason why this partnership makes a lot of sense is because Kansas is the main producer of wheat in the U.S., Arkansas is the main producer of rice in the U.S., okay. and we are partnering. And Nebraska uh, brings great things to onto the table because they um, have this beautiful phenotyping facility at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. So they are the ones analyzing in a lot of detail all these 400 different types of rice and all these 400 different types of wheat. And okay. they have also the... Um, a lot of expertise. So the, the the leader of the overall project is Dr. Hark Malwalia. He's at, at okay. University of Nebraska-Lincoln. And he has put a great team together there in Nebraska where the, he has, well, he's a crop physiologist, but there are also uh, computational scientists, statisticians, um, systems biology experts, uh, experts in... Uh, uh, in analyzing image analysis. So basically there, there is a lot of expertise being integrated into the project. It's one of the most exciting things. I have these super, super interesting collaborators that are experts in many different things. So collectively we make the project better. Okay, yeah, that sounds like a very uh, broad <laughs> group. What does Virginia Tech bring to the program? Yes. So, so let me tell you how Virginia Tech got engaged. So. Um, uh, Virginia Tech hire Dr. Gota Morota. He is an outstanding quantitative geneticist. He used to work at the University of Nebraska Lincoln, okay. but got hired by, by Virginia Tech. So, uh, so we are very lucky that in instead of losing him, we get to keep him involved in the project, although physically now located at Virginia Tech. So it sounds like this project. Uh, should generate a lot of new information. Scientists like to uh, publish that in uh, referee journal articles. That's kind of our uh, coin of the realm, as you sort of speak. But how else are you going to bring the findings from this project, both to uh, breeders who might use it and farmers who might uh, want to use it in their uh, operations? Well, thank you for asking me. That question is, a, is an excellent one. So we are taking really 
all possible avenues to uh, to communicate our findings. We have a project website, we have a project Facebook account, we have a project Twitter account, <laughs> and then we participate in uh, what is called um, Farmers Days, right? So mm-hmm. there is a Rice Day. Uh, so I, I something that I should add is in Arkansas, we are doing all of the field work in an experimental station that is owned by a company called Rice Tech. They are the main producers of hybrid rice seed in the U.S. And they have this excellent experimental station very close to the university where I work. So instead of just uh, doing the work in the university farm, we are doing the experiments in a real state-of-the-art Farm. That's right. a nice uh, thing to have. So yes, so Rice Tech, for example, they have a a field day. It's like a showcase day, and they are going to allow us to be part of that. Where uh, they they usually bring like several hundreds uh, of rice farmers, right? So uh, it's going to be August six this year. So in August six, we're already scheduled to be on the field day for Rice Tech and show to several hundred farmers in Arkansas, what we are all about. So we are also, uh, the project, well, in Arkansas, rice is a $6 billion industry, right? So it's, it's, the, it's the main breadwinner mm-hmm. yes. there. So uh, there is a lot of interest from the rice farmers. And I think because of that, recently, both uh, radio, the local radio station, the local newspaper is called the Jonesboro Sun, and also the local TV station have come, have approached us and interviewed us to, it's like, what, what are you guys about? I mean, what is all of this hype about rice? What exactly are you doing in, on rice? Because it's, it's important. It's the livelihood of many, many people. So you mentioned a, a web page. Could you tell us what the URL for that web page is? Absolutely. So we call ourselves the Wheat and Rice Center for Heat Resilience. So is uh, if you just use the 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 first letter of each one of those, right? W R C H R. Witcher, right? <laughs> Witcher.org. So that's our uh, okay. our website. And we have a Facebook page. We're very easy to find and also a Twitter page. Okay. So you want to give us that URL one more time? Yes. W-R-C-H-R.org. All right. So if, if somebody's interested in that, they yes. can go look at that. Um, so we don't grow, to my knowledge, any rice in Washington, but we grow a whole lot of wheat. So what do you see as how what you're doing will have an impact on our wheat farmers here in the state of Washington? Yes. So again, another great question. As I said, we're funded by the National Science Foundation, right? So this is your tax dollars and my tax dollars uh, being used. So of course, we want to generate information and then disseminate the information widely so that breeding programs all over the U.S. that involve either wheat 
or rice can benefit from this okay. work, right? And think, thinking as citizens of the world, I mean, one of the, uh, of, the, of the things you observe in the composition of our team is we are from all over, right? I'm from Mexico, uh, Dr. Walia is from India, Dr. Jagadish is from India, Dr. Morota is from Japan, Dr. Arlina Viento Borbe, one of uh, the person really leading all of the field work in Arkansas is from the Philippines. So we are really from all over the place. Of course, we have also... Uh, U.S. Uh, faculty involved. So we want this to benefit as many people as possible, right? So, yeah. I mean, we want ultimately for food security, you need to think global, right? We, I mean, this is the one planet we all share, yes. and these are the two main crops uh, or two of the main crops. crops. Uh, yeah, I was just so going to say, these are two very important crops. These are two very important crops, so we want to benefit as many people as possible with the, with the project. So I, I see, uh, again, we are going to make every attempt in disseminating the information as widely as possible. And, of course, it, it impacts uh, the wheat uh, farmers. In Washington, yes. Good. So I think this is uh, another example of of taking more basic science and translating into applied fields, and we should see the fruits of this down the road, which are going to be important to us as our world gets wa warmer and uh, carbon dioxide levels go up. So yes. I I appreciate you taking some time to visit with us today. This is fantastic. Uh, I should mention we are funded uh, for four years, and this is our second year, so okay. the best year still to come. All right, excellent. <laughs> well, we'll look forward to seeing more things coming out of the program. Thank you very much for your time. Thank I you. really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us and listening to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions or topics you'd like to hear on future episodes, please email me at drew.lyon, that's L-Y-O-N, at wsu.edu. You can find us online at smallgrains.wsu.edu and on Facebook and Twitter at WSU Small Grains. The WSU Wheat Beat Podcast is a production of Connors Communications in the College of Agricultural, Human, and Natural Resource Sciences at Washington State University. I'm Drew Lyon. We'll see you next time.